gathered together from the cosmic reaches of the universe here in this great hall of justice. Superheroes have to be around other superheroes. You know what I mean? That's the Hall of Justice is more about them just commiserating about their powers and less about them like actually fighting crime. So what uh what is this place anyway? Is this some type of fancy DMV? Are you kidding? It's the Hall of Justice. Seth Everett is the best there is at what he does, bub. And what he does is the Hall of Justice podcast. Go, go, go with a smile. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of the Hall of Justice. This is episode 307, and everything since 300 has been gravy. I mean, these are some, some quality episodes we've been putting out. Uh, thanks for all the feedback and uh, all the people who chimed in on She-Hulk, I saw all the, the mm. all the people who were angry. I, let's just say there were a lot of angry people, and I just have a feeling you're going to be very angry after this one uh, today. Uh, we are going back to the DC EU, I think EU? it's called the DC EU, uh, uh, DC and Warner Brothers, who has been much maligned, uh, came out with Black Adam. Um, before I introduce our guest today, I do have to have one full disclosure. This is the first live action movie I have ever seen with Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Up until this, the only thing that I had ever seen him be a part of was Moana and the DC League of Super Pets, which didn't suck. Joining us uh, to talk about the uh, film Black Adam, and don't forget... Uh, spoilers. This is uh, all spoilers. If you don't want to hear, if you don't want to know anything about the plot, well, then do me a favor. Uh, pause this, go see the movie, and uh, come back to us. Uh, Brian Tong has been on this show before. His first appearance was for the film Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. He is a content creator. I knew him from his days at CNET and the DC Universe. Does anybody remember the DC universe? <laughs> this do. is uh, his uh, third or fourth appearance on the podcast. And he's joining us to talk about Black Adam. Brian, it's great to see you again. Welcome back. Seth, thank you for having me. 307, I'm here to add gravy on top of gravy. <laughs> I'm like, you're yeah, extra, extra gravy. Is it crazy that I didn't ever see a, a, a Dwayne Johnson rock movie? Like, I remember I, you telling me this I the last time the we avoided the Fast and the Furious like the play. That's too bad. I mean, that's too bad. You shouldn't have. No, no, no. It's no, popcorn. No. It's popcorn at its fullest. If there was popcorn to be made, Fast and Furious is the popcorn. Oh, my goodness. Well, this was an uh, interesting <laughs> popcorn. Uh, Black Adam comes out. And, you know, what I what I want to compliment in the beginning, it's to their detriment uh, because it, it made me think about what's not there. Uh, Amanda Waller is in this. Viola Davis. Um, the Wizard Shazam is in this movie. Um, this is a direct spinoff off the Shazam film. Where's Shazam? And when they come up with a bunch of heroes to stop the mighty Black Adam, they pick just five randoms. It's almost like a video game where it's like, here, you don't have enough credits to get the big guys. So here's the, 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 the D team. And calling it the Justice Society is 
dumb because Amanda <laughs> Waller is younger than the Justice Society. So if you're trying to throw Easter eggs just to make us happy, that's all fine. I love Dr. Fate. I thought Hawkman was interesting. And, yeah. you know, Aldous Hodge is a great actor. All the acting in this film is great. But if you're going to tie everything in and if you're going to say this movie is in continuity, then where were the other guys? Because this plot clearly needed it. If Black Adam is as much of a threat and the best you got is Hawkman and friends. Sorry, I, I, it doesn't make any sense. And then at the very end, spoilers, Superman shows up. Where has he been? So, look, I understand your gripes and not gripes have made me your frustrations, but I still thought the movie was really good and entertaining. Meaning, did you really? The, yeah. So, so here's the thing, right? I think that all the plot points you speak of, to me, my priority going into this movie is, is this going to be an actual enjoyable movie from the DCEU? The bar has been set pretty damn low where we've been let down. We've been frustrated. There's been good things. There's been bad things, but there just hasn't been a level of consistency where I could walk out of the theater every time I see a DC movie. And I love DC. Don't get me wrong. And when I well, walk we out of the, the theater, DC characters, you and I are on yeah, the same yeah. page in that yeah. we, yeah. we have not loved the DC movies. We have Correct. loved DC. Correct. And so, you know, I'm coming from the perspective of show me that you're figuring something out and giving me a reason to come back and restore any kind of whatever lost hope and faith you've smashed over the past decade for me to say, like, I will give the DCEU another chance. And I think that because of that low bar, when I went into this movie, at least from a DCEU perspective, yes, you were right. The Justice League should show up somewhere in here because Black Adam is the largest threat we've ever seen in the DCEU. But because of all the crap that's happened behind the scenes, I didn't ex I didn't I don't even try and watch when I want to see a movie, I don't try and pay attention to these movie spoilers and these blogs and vlogs. No, I didn't expect to see the Justice League in it. I just wanted to see no, a no, movie no. that started okay. laying down a foundation that was entertaining. No, no, no. I I, I get that. What I'm saying is create a storyline so that I'm not asking for something that's not there. That's my argument. It's not where was Wonder Woman? Where was uh you know Batfleck and all those guys? That's yeah, not what yeah. I'm getting at. What I'm getting at is if the stakes are so high now, here's the article that 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 put me in a bad light going into this. And that is the original idea was for Black Adam to appear yep. in Shazam 2. Yep. And the idea would be he's the he's the arch enemy. And with the success of Venom, which sucked, the <laughs> idea that they can make this antihero like the 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 knuckleheads who who are working over there just said, "Hey, well, we got we got the Rock." I don't know why I'm giving him an accent, but like they got they have the Rock, and so like let's do what he wants. He wants to be a leading man in a DC movie, so let's placate him. So you can't have anybody that upstages him. So you compromise your plot. Is that wrong? Like. You compromised no, the fight. The, the Black Adam is so powerful and he's killing so many people that you couldn't fight fire with fire because you couldn't even give them Shazam. And I'm not calling him Captain Marvel because I'll buy your, your whole thing. You can't call him Captain Marvel. Fine. But if you've ever seen the um, the uh, animated short uh, Superman Shazam, the, the battle for Black Adam, 
It's a it's a great animated short. Um, it, it, it's it's it, it's one of the extras in one of the DC animated films. And what happens is Clark Kent meets young Billy Batson and he sees how hard in his luck Billy Batson is. And then uh, Black Adam shows up and they're like, what the hell? And he has to you know say the magic word and, 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 and he, he becomes Shazam and, and, and voila. And there's so many references to Shazam. That word is such an important part of this movie. You are constantly reminding me of what's not there. I I 100% agree. And at the same time, I just think that, you know, because I knew about the, let's call it the uh, politicking or the negotiations behind the scenes, they had already set my expectations that we weren't going to see it. I mean, to me, it is quite, and I don't like it at all as a fan. So here's the thing. Um, the Rock has been promoting this movie and saying, we want to give the fans what they want, right? We want to, we're listening to the fans. Well, quite honestly, if you're listening to the real fans, Shazam and Black Adam are like, well, they're not like peanut butter and jelly, but they got to go together. Like they are inextricably linked together in lore, in mythology, in history. And so for that not to happen, not to exist, uh, that You did that the Venom is... Carnage one, right? You did Venom 2, Electric Boogaloo with me? Oh, yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah, We yeah, did. Yeah, and we yeah, had yeah. this exact same conversation. Yeah, like, yeah. Venom without Spider-Man is dumb. Yeah, it does. I mean, it's it's not, it can't be nearly as effective. And so because of that, here's the thing. That's not, look, I think, honestly, Warner Brothers wanted to do it. Once they got Rock on board, they, like you said, they placated him and they let, what the rock the rock says as as right. the saying goes the rock says and he let and they they let it happen and so i think that Shazam 2 we'll see what well you know we have to see what Shazam 2 becomes and how that story forms and if there's any acknowledgement of another being that shows up on the radar at the end um we don't know but yes is it a missing hole sure but i think that to rock's point if he really wants to be the leading man, if Shazam is already established here, they they were at, at least they were able to build a foundation for his story without even any hints of Shazam that really put the focus on the rock. If you look at this movie, this movie's all about the rock. And in fact, the acting of Pierce Bronson, Aldous Hodge, and the others upstages the rock in that way, but the story is so focused on him singularly as Shazam that it it is 90% the rock. Well, and, and that's and, that's what we have to like. I kind of accepted that going into it, knowing that, well, okay, fine. You're not going to give me any of the Shazam hooks. Let's just see if you can make a movie that I'm I'm willing to buy. And I and I and I bought Black Adam. Well, he, uh, let let let's let's praise this movie where there is praise. I mean, the the fact of the matter is, is uh, the the character of Adriana or Andrea to, to, uh, Tomaz. Um, in the in the in the movie played by the incomparable Sarah Shahi mm-hmm. um who is uh, incredible and stunning and uh she's in an, a Netflix show called Sex Life that I could not believe was the same person and mm-hmm. it she plays this like middle-aged uh, woman who uh writes in a journal it's all it's all this like drama stuff but she's the same lady that is in this this movie and Andrea Tomas is ISIS. Now, not ISIS, the terrorist group, ISIS in the superhero. And it's actually something that was created by Filmation back for the Shazam show 
Remember the Shazam hour? The, the, the mm-hmm. and, and ISIS was in it and they wrote her into the comic books. Not only that, but the ISIS character is also portrayed as Zari in Le- DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Zari Tomas, uh, portrayed by Tala Ash, and she becomes one of the Legends of Tomorrow. Remember, she goes into the mirror universe and and and, mm-hmm, and, and, mm-hmm. and she's with Steel. And, and, and she, she, so this character has this massive history and nobody in the movie ever acknowledges that whatsoever. I mean, I think, again, I think part part of this whole thing only is that, because I read that it's it's the yeah. only reason why well, that, I know well, that because I want to know who that actress was. You and I are well versed on these characters at a different level, you know, than than the general audience. And I always remind myself when we whether we talk about a Marvel movie or DC movie, although this is pulling from the content and resources that we grew up with and know about, these movies are made for mainstream, right? These movies are not sure. these movies are not made for really not made made for you and me they're made from the content we love and so i don't pe- people aren't going to tap into that pe- people are going to be like i'm here for the rock and guess what you know that strategy worked this is the rock's best grossing movie opening weekend of all time for the rock so that formula to draw Which in a surprised mainstream me audience, because i thought right? his movies were big hits yeah and the, well they're hits but Maybe they're not he's not as spectacular as he's made up to be they're not $67 million weekend hits and which is, which is, you know, fast and the furious is again, also when you compare these, those type of movies versus now where we're used to the MCU cinematic blockbuster numbers, right. That, that has kind of set the bar in general of what a blockbuster opening weekend is right. Over a hundred million or whatnot, you know, that we, we weren't going to expect that, but this is from, from a business and a financial standpoint, this has been a success to the mainstream audience that this is catering to. And I think that, um, you know, WB is looking for any wins they can get right now. When you talk about from media perception, public perception, and this is a win for them. No, I, I, okay. So what does this, what does this tell you though? Does this universe live on now because black Adam is a success and the first wonder woman was a success. The first Aquaman was a success there. This is not a failure of a universe. Uh, it, it, no, it's, it's just it's disjointed. It's a mismanagement of the universe, quite honestly. Of course, honest. of, of right, course. Right, right. My my but my my argument here is anything time I ever review these films, it's only the story. It's always been the story. You know, the okay, I'll change the rule, the, the reference, because for 300 episodes of this podcast, we've used the line Ryan Reynolds was great as Green Lantern. It's not his fault. He fought a cloud. We could change the line to the rock was great as black Adam. It's not his fault. He fought about a D uh, he fought a bunch of D listers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, that that's a fair assessment. I think here, here's the thing with this movie that I think when we talk on this podcast, a lot of times you like to see connective tissue that can, that connects these movies to the greater universe. I think, was it, was it Thor love and thunder that you weren't, you weren't too happy about how they didn't really connect things as much um but well no I would... Thor Love and Thunder when they're sitting in the chemo and and Darcy's there <laughs> yes, and, and, yeah, and yeah. Darcy's there and they're talking about a book and yeah, all and no... she has to Natalie Portman has to say to her is uh hello uh Westview <laughs> how, how was that oh my god that was pretty wild like I'm not costing them a dime as a matter of fact they probably filmed that and didn't use it 
Maybe so, probably, probably. Right. And, and that's like when Thor, like it's little things, it's little things. But in this, you open up your movie with this, this, this woman and her three buddies and to not tie in and give her a little bit of gravitas, make me care who she is. And, I think when she stood up to Black Adam, I started caring about her though. Well, I, I he, my thing is the the origin story of Black Adam was fantastically portrayed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The the and the visual of mm-hmm. him, you know, uh, getting the power from his son, and that's mm-hmm. how he survives, and 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 then he's too put in the tomb for it, it's it's it, it's so close. And but then you have Viola Davis, who, by the way, did she ever leave her house to be in this movie? I don't care. Viola Davis is awesome. She was on Zoom. <laughs> that I don't care. She Amanda Waller, like she to me, what young, old, whatever you think, I think that she has but she's been one of the consistent players in the entire DCEU from start to finish. And so I thought it was nice that we got to see her in this movie from a standpoint of like she and, is literally the the consistent thread in the entire sure. DCEU. And Jennifer now, Holland now, was in this. Yeah. And Jennifer Holland made a little appearance as well. Um, she of great uh, Peacemaker fame. And yes. she's in the Suicide Squad. Yep. And, you know, reference footage from uh, the Justice League. So they still kind of acknowledged the their, right. they exist in some way, right. shape, or form. Well, right? the poster, the kid had the posters yeah, yeah, in the yeah, room. Yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, so, so that was all there. I, I did want to talk about, when we talk about this movie, you know, we were talking about the story and the characters. Um, did you feel like... I found myself laughing a lot at the way that Black Adam just killed people senselessly. Like it was, it became, I don't, when I think about it, I don't think I've ever experienced a movie where I actually just, he killed so many people and he was so um, blase dry about, about it. it. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Blase about it, that it started becoming funny. And like, I wasn't the only one laughing like people it, I don't know if this is, I'm not trying to think about the kids or think about the children, but I don't know if this is necessarily the best way to portray black adam like it's funny that he's killing people but it made it entertaining as an adult but he literally like it became a joke like when he just killed people yeah but but it loses it loses its um when 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 death is treated so casually yes yes it, it just it, it it loses its marker it, it's not a big deal like it, they made jokes about it um all right let, here here's some of my notes here yeah, yeah let's jump in your notes my notes are all over the place I don't do chronological. Like we're not reviewing this movie scene by scene. Uh, Hawkman's ship yeah. looks like the javelin from the Justice League animated series. <laughs> it looked cool though. It did, right? Um, do you think they were purposely trying to make nth metal just like DC's version of vibranium? I know. I well, I yeah, sure. Sure, but uh, you know what? They didn't go into the lore of Nth Metal, so that's like I think if you start explaining its characteristics and its properties and its origin, everyone's gonna just be like, "Oh, here's vibranium." But they, I, I actually kind of like the fact that they didn't really go into it, other than it's like, "Oh, it's indestructible." Okay, someone might be like, "Ooh, vibranium," but they didn't lean into it so much that you felt like, "Ah, it's a rehash." Right, and and again, but your Nth Metal is what makes him survive like he gets mm-hmm. the absolute crap kicked out of him um he should have died 10 times over <laughs> i just it, they they were trying to go for the visuals of wakanda like that it it it, it was like 
it was like a let's play to what trends like that. I just don't think of Thanagar as that. Again, if you've ever seen uh, Justice League Starcrossed from the Justice League, you know, the the season one finale of of Justice League when the Thanagarians invade Earth, like looks incredible. Like it's incredible. (laughs) The question I have about Hawkman, uh, Aldous Hodge, by the way, who was just Jon Stewart in the recent Green Lantern animated film and was so good in that. Um, I kept listening to him, and every time I heard him speak, I kept thinking John Stewart. So I just—I'm <laughs> not saying he's miscast, but he was like, okay. Um, the, the, I but here's the thing: I haven't. I I mean, I watch all the DC animated films. I didn't see that one. Yeah, seen that one yet? Um, no. And so that didn't register to me at all. Yeah. I thought I thought he was incredible in this film as as a supporting character. I thought he was mm, chef's. He kiss. looks great. Yeah, he looks. Oh, he, he looks he, great. Great, like overall presence, demeanor, everything, just solid, solid. And for the listeners, uh, we can say, uh, episode two ninety one, we reviewed, uh, we interviewed uh, John Semper, who is the uh, creator of the Spider Man animated series, who was also the writer of Green Lantern: Beware My Power. Mm-hmm. And then we review uh, Green Lantern: Beware My Power uh, in episode two ninety six. So those those we did. Um, why do his wings come off? Wait, did they come off? Didn't, weren't they like in his suit? Well, are, are you are, saying why they disappear? Wait, are they are they him or are they mechanical? I thought they were mechanical-ish. Like, I, hey, they looked kind of bonded to him, but they, look, they never explain it or really, right? Like, I'm now yeah, I think about Hawkman. I, like, isn't Hawk, isn't the whole <laughs> idea of the Hawkman, he's a hawk. Like, well, he has yeah. wings. But his wings, they come off. They didn't look like they. Okay, there was a point where uh, Sabak, you know, newsflash, he's the he's the you know the the big bad big at bad. the end of the movie, is a looks like he's about to pull his wings off, and um, Hawkman is like ah, and I'm like, and I watched that for a second. I'm like, wait, are they in his body or not? Because yeah. I don't. How about this? From all indications, it looked like they were like mechanical, but maybe in this. Um, canon, they are they somehow go into his body and then come back out. I don't know. Oh my they never God. explain that, right? Right? They never. It, we just saw it. And I'm like, oh, dude, it's Hawkman. But yeah, I think they're more mechanical. But I could be wrong. Um, there's one point during the uh, initial Black Adam appearance in modern day Kandak, um, and they are playing Western music. Oh yeah. Like a little Clint Eastwood reference. Yeah, yeah. What, what was that? I think it was the uh, director having fun. You know what I mean? Is that I, I what that like... is? He just he just puts it in like yeah. For a movie that's this violent, is it is that funny? I you know it reminds me of a okay. So I enjoyed Aquaman because it felt like an actual comic book as a movie. It was just the overtopness right. of it and the visuals and stuff. I think James Wan did a great job with just creating that world. And so remember in the very beginning of Aquaman, there's the submarine scene where Jason Momoa comes in and they yeah. do this cheesy action flick thing where they zoom into him. He's like permission to come on board or something yeah, permission yeah, yeah. to board. And it like reminded me of like just the nineties action yeah. flick. And I felt like that was James Wan being like, I just want to have fun with this stupid shot. Just give it to me. Right. I feel like I honestly, it's, it sounds so bad that I don't, I didn't, 
even okay. pay attention or look up who okay who, who directed just, it's, this it's like fish Wom- out of water like, it just came out it of was. nowhere i know i know but then right it's sometimes the come out of nowhere cheese it hits people differently right it can either be funny or not yes they're referencing the fact that he was watching uh for his first time when he when black adam first basically uh, wakes up from the apartment or the home he sees a tv there's a clint eastwood scene and then they reimagine it in and use black adam as the dirty hairy type character and then he has a gun shootout but he's using lightning i mean i thought it made me laugh but i i felt in my brain i was watching I'm like oh the director's just having fun here okay I, that, that's that's, uh, that's what i, I that's right? a nitpicky it's nitpicky it just yeah i, I, I don't know you're just um, asking about because you put in your notes like, what the heck was that? Right. I, I saw it and I'm like, well, um, the fighting between the Justice Society and Black Adam. This is my argument. That initial fight. My initial argument is, aren't these guys superheroes? Like, do they talk at all? Do you get a stand down? <laughs> Can everybody just stop? Like, this was it was the this is this is where what my take of it is is that it's it's unga bunga fans like fighting more fighting yeah. like yeah like caveman feel uh and and all I'm saying is in everything that we have loved if you're watching Andor if you're watching the Sandman mm. if you're watching the boys yes there's action. We're, this is a superhero podcast. Like we love action, but it's character development. It's story development. Mm-hmm. Like we we did a, a review of Doom Patrol recently, and Doom Patrol, I don't I won't even call that a spoilers. I don't care what happens to them. Mm-hmm. I just want to see how they develop and and mm-hmm. who their characters are, and that's all I care about. So why does it have to be the opposite extreme? where it's just punch, 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 punch. And there's no evolution. And these guys are superheroes. So you would think if you're the superheroes, I'm not asking you to be the Justice League, but could you try to defuse the situation once? Because, and even then, when they finally stop talking, Black Adam says to them, he says, you're you're in my way or something, something like that. And he says, yeah, we're coming to take you in as our prisoner. <laughs> who says that to the guy you're trying to get catch like uh, god i think i think you make look i think this also reminds me as you're talking about this it sparks up the thinking of okay tv series superhero series versus movies i think that because of the episodic nature of series like doom patrol like Andor, uh even let's say she hulk things like that they're they're they have to develop the character because of the length of time and i think that the the movies should obviously pay more attention to this aspect of character building like for example you and i knew the characters dr fate we knew adam smasher i didn't really know cyclone as much quite honestly and we know hawkman so for you and me i was like oh i know who these characters are let's see what happens but there was really little to no development of them them at all at all like it was really like okay hawkman is the leader of this operation who amanda waller told him to go build a mini team two random kids show up 
Dr. Fate shows up. People have no idea how incredible Dr. Fate is. It's like, oh, it's a guy with a helmet that sees visions. Like, I just, to your I point. I couldn't wait for, for that costume to show up. And oh, it yeah, finally, it I'm like, yes. Oh, my God, yeah, Dr. Fate. It's so great. And Pierce Bronson so was awesome. incredible. Pierce Bronson was oh so perfect. good. So good. He was so perfect. good. So good. So I think to your point, character development matters. And this did not this again, this to me, it was so rock centric, quite honestly, that the moments that these other characters had showed how good of an actors and actresses they were to be able to upstage the rock from an acting standpoint, because this was so rock heavy. And I'm not against the rock. I enjoyed it, but this is a super rock heavy movie. Right. Right, and I'm not, and I don't want to be misconstrued here either. I'm, I'm not saying I, I don't want the Rock in the movie, but if you're yes. telling me that if I don't have the Rock, I get a better story, then I'd say fine, take the Rock. Here, here's the question I have. You know, we didn't even talk about this. You're this is the first, basically the first live action movie you've seen the Rock ever in. What ever. did you think of his performance personally? I thought he was he was pretty good. I I had also read that uh, they wanted to give him pointy ears like the comic book, oh, and he really? refused. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god, what a dick! Um, <laughs> um <laughs> you asked. Um, I'm, you know, I'm asking. You, there's also a a lot of talk about how um, uh, Black Adam always floats. He's always above everybody. And they do it in a couple of times. And I, I thought The Rock did a great job of like standing straight when he flies. Mm -hmm. Like he's not floating. There were a couple of the flying scenes where um, DC does this thing where they 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 fly them so fast that they break the speed of sound. <laughs> Whereas, you know, if you want a, a clinic in how to do great flying scenes, um, The Eternals, which mm -hmm. is a messed up movie. But when Icarus flies, he flies perfectly like it's fast it's powerful but he looks like he's flying as opposed to boom, and, and, and like they <laughs> disappears and I, I i don't know i i he's he's fine i i, I mean he, he he's okay he's fine what i couldn't get past is he looked like the rock in a black adam costume not black Adam. yeah yeah and you i know, think that was yeah that was my biggest concern like oh I know I've seen I'd the rock see since I was a kid through wrestling. Yeah. I think that my biggest concern about this movie was like, oh man, I've never seen the rock not be the rock. If that right. makes sense. Like he, he's a caricature of him. So like every movie, he's literally the same guy. His, <laughs> his acting has gotten better over the years. And when I say acting, he's been able to show more emotion. And so I do appreciate that. Like he, he is a, He's more, he's definitely, he's obviously more than a meathead. Like he, he can show some emotion and stuff, but is he the greatest actor? No, not by any means, but is he a big box office draw? Yeah. But I was actually pretty happy with his performance because I felt like, oh, I didn't feel like it was rock doing his quirky things. He he's typically kind of a little quirky and campy and he was very serious. Okay. Very serious the whole time. So I, I have to give him credit that it, it worked for me from a standpoint of my biggest concern about this movie was, is going to be the rock being the rock, but this happens to be in a black Adam outfit. So he alleviated those concerns for me. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't think it was a bad performance. I, like I said, I thought Aldous Hodge was great. Pierce Brosnan was great. Um, I thought the the woman ISIS, who you know, who, Sarah Shahi, Shahi was outstanding. Especially mm -hmm. when the kid is abducted and she becomes the concerned mom, and she was just like, "No, we're getting my son back," and you know, like, won't take no for an answer. All She's she badass. She could glow and become ISIS, and that would have been awesome. But, um. It's it's just the the argument 
for this movie was the rock wouldn't be second banana to Zach Levi. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so that's why we have this. And it's more important to get it. It's just, it's a very, like you said before, po- political, like it, it's a, it's a political power play. Mm-hmm. And to me, the only thing I cared about going in is what's the story. Mm-hmm. And the thing with Superman, I, I look, you know, Henry Cavill's putting it on Instagram, like three days after this movie came out, uh, he's talking about how he's going to be in another Superman movie. And they don't know if it's going to be man of steel two or something else or whatever they, they wind up calling it. That's not even the issue. And I'm not anti Henry Cavill, but mm-hmm. I don't think Henry Cavill has been served well in this, role of superman he has not been superman in a good movie so the the allure of seeing this guy back after you teased a superman in the shazam movie remember in the cafeteria in the, yep, the light shazam? scene yep and my my whole point is is during this fight when when it looks like dr dr fate has to sacrifice his life mm-hmm. just to stop this guy and to and they catch him and then free him. And like, they're more powerful people that could have been there. And th- this is my, you know, comic book argument in good comic books, in a good Supergirl story, Superman shows up. It doesn't mean it's not a Supergirl story. Superman shows up. And that's something I thought they, they, they hesitated too early in the TV show, but eventually in a Supergirl episode that Superman was there, he was a, he was a compliment to her you know he's not he's not the big bad so this argument that you have this black adam movie and you're gonna have henry cavill in it like first of all that that thing leaked weeks way the rock basically leaked it because again here's your point about this whole situation why it's frustrating right the rock leaked that because wb the studio wants this movie to perform well so that it's an indicator that, oh, it was the right thing. Go see this movie and we'll learn if there's enough buzz about this, that people will enjoy this movie enough that it's a sign that, oh, bringing Henry Cavill is the right thing to do. This gives us a new launching point from to for the DCU. Like the DCU has been so mismanaged and maligned that they are they're doing PR tactics to try and reboot it instead of, guess right. what? In general, you make a great piece of creative work that audiences enjoy the cream rises to the top people talk about it people end up seeing it they have been so insecure about this that they had the rock basically not even basically he outright spoiled that henry cavill is coming back during the press junket okay and if they didn't say a thing about it and let audiences find out and figure it out and that maybe the box office numbers would be delayed like by another week but those people and more would have come out. There's some people who once they hear that, they're like, eh, okay, I don't need to see it anymore because of, you know, The Rock directly spoiling that. So, you know, this whole thing of time, I understand where you're coming from when you talk about bringing in characters like that are part of the story that you want to see. I also understand that we can't get what we want because these studios and contractual obligations and this, the management of these behind the scene things that happen behind the behind the scenes of these films don't allow us that luxury, right? Sure. They don't sure. allow, I would arguably say, and I'm not here to, you know, I enjoy the MCU and I'm not here to ride or die with them, but they do, they do a really good job of whatever is in the contracts of those actors. They've made it so that 
you you really could be surprised that a, a hero that's related to a story or at least someone will show up in a show and to their detriment i think a lot of people are now disappointed when there aren't any like hot cameos in a movie like all they care about is like who showed up but it's because they've trained us to expect that someone's going to show up in a movie much like in comics someone shows up all the time it's right it, com- but that's right, how comics right, were done all right. the time i mean you'd have right. a flash story and green lantern shows up all easily all the time. easily easily because not, it's but, not it, even but a it costs a lot less because all you had to do was draw it. <laughs> exactly, exactly um you know, it, it's funny that, that you say that because last week we reviewed She-Hulk, uh, the wonderful, uh, talented uh, Destiny Jackson of Deadline uh, w- was on. We, we, you know, we talked a lot about She-Hulk. And I, w- my argument was Marvel doesn't have to, uh, for the sake of humor, demean its characters. Yes, 100% I thought, agree. I thought that that's what they did to Matt Murdock. That's what they did to Wong. They just demeaned him. They made him less than. And you don't have to do that. In DC's argument, the, the, the argument that I have for, for DC is you did all this to placate him. Like, that's what you that's what this podcast is teaching me. Like, and I, half of this I knew and half of it I didn't, which is great, you know, having you a part of this. But if 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 all these sacrifices are made just to placate his ego, mm-hmm. then the movie was made for Dwayne Johnson, not me. Absolutely. 100 percent which is a shame that, because that conc- there's some parts of that movie that are absolute brilliance that that conclusion you've made is 100 percent correct and guess what the mainstream audience that doesn't read into this as much as you and i probably said that was a badass movie and i you know right. and i'll right right like but there's i mean there's even more layers that this goes into you know they tease let's talk about henry cavill's appearance like i and i honestly i enjoyed it because i do think because so much crap has happened and I don't, you know, I just want them to make great stories. And I want people who have always been crapping on DC for all these past 10 years to be like, oh, this is really awesome. Um, this movie gives the DCEU a new launch point to basically reboot, if managed properly, big if, but this movie, you could legitimately not see any DC movie property. And if you started with Black Adam today and just saw the Superman intro at the end, you could arguably enter the DCU today and start with a clean slate. And I think that this movie gives them that. And that's this might be the most important thing that comes out of this movie is giving the DCU an actual chance now to start story building, stop with this whole like, rush rush job that they did with the justice league when they didn't need to they did not need to rush the justice league but they were so insecure that the mcu was storming that they're like we need an avengers that was built at that time i think maybe five or six years they had a building blocks of five or six years wb said we're gonna make the justice league in a year and just give it to you and everyone's gonna feel the same way about it and well, they're gonna shove it down happen. your throat right yeah. they're gonna, they're didn't gonna get happen it. right well, and and then they changed the movie because obviously the insecurity is about oh Marvel's more funny and light blah 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 we know all this right but I think that this that's the most important thing that can come out of this movie a new start and a new chance for for the DCU and we'll see how it happens The Rock recently you know they've been hyping up Henry Cavill so much he put out the Instagram post about like you'll see me in other movies I can't remember off the top of my head I might be wrong but I'd heard rumblings he might be in a cameo in the Flash and who knows what's going to actually happen with that Flash movie as well we'll see. But he has not officially signed on from all indications to actually 
be in a Man of Steel movie yet. Everyone's really hoping and saying, oh, this is a sign that he'll do it. From what I've heard and read, that hasn't happened at the moment. But, you know, throw all that aside. We'll see what ha- we'll see what happens. The uh the last uh note that I that I had as we kind of put a bow on this, um what I noticed was Sabak, um, yeah. who gets the crown and he becomes this bad guy. And my initial thought then is, boy, that looks like the bad guy in Wonder Woman. <laughs> and then they, like, um... <laughs> and then they have to bring uh, uh, Black Adam out of this incredible prison that they put him in, <laughs> and um, that prison suddenly uh, becomes, you know, he he's out now. It's this massive fight between Black Adam and Sabak, and I said, oh, is Zack Snyder here? That's where my brain goes during a movie. That's when the guy next to me said, hey, put your phone away. I I forgot to mention um, in my last statement, which I was going to say is that, you know, everyone's anticipating like, oh, Black Adam and Superman coming next. And we talked about building the DCEU again. The Rock just recently, I think earlier today, went, went on to quote that don't expect a Black Adam Superman fight in the next movie. We have a lot more building to do. That's actually the right answer to me. Right. There's okay. the uncertainty about even if Henry Cavill comes back, whatever. Right. But well, look, they need they, to build they have this to restructure the company. They have to, you know, we have to see this flash movie and we have to see um, how the flash movie ties in. I think I don't know how they're, I don't know well, with all the problems I, around Ezra. What are they going to, you know, what's no, going to But, but what I think they did, you know, they purposely moved it again, um, partly because of Ezra Miller. But the other idea is that flash TV show is going to be over. Mm-hmm. Um, the the thirteen episodes it's supposed to start, I believe, in January, and I, I I what I think is because they were writing this after all of this stuff, I think they're gonna write uh something into the Flash TV show that's gonna tie into the movie. Um, I then think this movie's gonna come off, and you know we're just gonna revisit this whole thing again. Um, but I think the two takeaways from this this review. Are number one, you know, DC takes liberties like they're loyal to the source material until they don't want to be, and then they take Correct. liberties on their own. And basically, this was we had a chance to get uh, the Rock into a DC movie. Let's do anything in our power to placate him and and do so. And that's a disconcerting idea. You know, that's not what Ben Affleck said to in order to be Batman. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. that's not what what. Um, you know, and it's funny, you referenced James Wan, and I, I wanted to say something about that. Um, what I am still amazed by James Wan's movie is James Wan's movie is taken literally right out of the comic book. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. It, it, it's so out of the comic book. The only thing that is, quote unquote, a fish out of water is the one thing that James Wan didn't get to pick. Momoa. Mm-hmm. Because Zack Snyder signed Momoa. Oh, you're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And James Wan inherited Momoa. If you look at Orm, if you look at all the the Mira, every Black Manta, they are literally ripped from either yeah. animation or the comic book. And it looks brilliant. The The one thing that doesn't look right is Momoa. Because that was what James Wan was given. He, he's your marching orders. Here, you can do 
an Aquaman movie, but here's what has to happen. He's in it. Mm-hmm. Right? And this is not to say Jason Momoa is not great, and I, Jason Momoa is fine. Jason Momoa is the one thing that doesn't seem Aquaman-y. Like, mm-hmm. that's, that's the one thing, and that's what we reviewed years ago. You know, with, with that, in this situation, Black Adam, I think the origin story is incredible. I think the costumes were amazing. I think the acting was brilliant. The story suffered. And 90% of the reason is because that's not what Dwayne Johnson wanted to do. <laughs> that's If that's my first foray into the to him, okay. Mm-hmm. Go, go back and go make Moana, man. Moana was great. You're Maui. That's what you are. So, so did you like this movie then? I mean, what's your, I, I mean, okay. I hear your breakdown, it, it but it's okay. I, all I kept thinking to myself when, when the justice society comes out and when Sarah Sahi, uh, rips them, Oh, you're the justice society, huh? You, you guys are big <laughs> stuff. You're the justice society. <laughs> all I said to myself was, could we record the podcast now? <laughs> like there have been times throughout the years, you know, since I, I created the show in 2015 and there have been times when I see movies and my brain automatically is like the podcast is going to be better. There's movies that come out and shows that it are better than the podcast. I, I I've said all along uh, the reviews we had for the boys are ridiculous. They're, they're dumb. Uh, the boys is just great. And there's nothing to say about them. They're just mm-hmm, great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And all I want to do is watch the boys more. You know, that's how I felt about Daredevil. That's how I felt about the just season one of Jessica Jones. You know, but in, in times when I, I remember when I saw Batman V Superman the first time and all I said was, oh my God, I can't wait to review this. Like they both didn't know that their first names were Martha. Oh my god! Man, that still bothers me to this day. That that's what stopped them from killing each other. <laughs> I'm telling you, you know, I'm telling you, Zack Snyder in a room with those that team. That's that's what the whole movie was built around. Someone's like, did you know both their moms' names is mother is Martha? That's what we're building the entire movie on, guys. Yeah, but that's the same thing with that. That's Aldous Hodge going Hawkman going up to Black Adam. He says. We're only here to bring you in as our prisoner. No, you're not. No, you're not. You want to find out who the hell he is. My, my goodness. <laughs> you're cracking me up, man. You're my sick. goodness. Like, they, they, they're better than this. That, 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 you know, that's the thing. When we see things that are just brilliant, we know, you, you know what that feels like. You it's know, hard to love, make a movie, man. It's hard to make a movie. I didn't That's... love the Suicide Squad, but I loved Peacemaker. Dude, I loved loved Peacemaker. Loved Peacemaker. We we had a uh, Steve Aging on the podcast. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. For uh, Peacemaker, that was so fun. So, and we're working on Freddie Stroma. Oh, beautiful. He was amazing in Peacemaker. Like Vigilante, amazing. right? Vigilante. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and then you could have you could have Amanda Waller's daughter in this movie. That would have been cool. You had Jennifer Holland. Like, have Danielle Brooks in this. From I would say from my side, this is actually a movie that I would tell everyone that cares about comic book movies that they they should go see. I think 
I think it because it lays down a new right. foundation. I, I think you have to see it. Yeah, I you, have, you to have to see. I think this is a movie you have to see. Quite honestly. All right. Uh, how can people find you on the the internet? And then tell me all about. You have the the Patreon channel. You do the YouTube show. You are all over it, man. You are you just, everywhere. You just search in Brian Tong if you like tech and geek culture. You know, I do things like come on this podcast and have fun with Seth. I'll do some movie reviews here. Sometimes I'll do uh, behind the scenes of, you know, how they make some of those Disney animated shows. I do reviews on the latest iPhone and iPad. And just kind of like if you're in that space, you'll enjoy you'll enjoy my work. So just search up Brian Tong, B-R-I-A-N-T-O-N-G, YouTube, Twitter, wherever. This tool called Google will help you find me. I like that you uh, you went on social media when the day before and you posted that it was a couple of days ago. If you're listening to this podcast, the week it comes out, if you're listening to this in the future, well, do me a favor, tell me how the flying car is. Um, uh, you tweeted out, you said, uh, iOS 16.1 is going to be great. And just because you did it, I ran to my thing. I said, update immediately. It's, it, Brian Tong said it's going to be great. <laughs> I don't listen to the Apple telling me it's going to be great. I wait for Brian's review. But you think about it, it's pretty good. It's pretty. Awesome. It feels like a brand new. It feels like a brand new phone for a lot of people. That's pretty wild. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty wild. It's nice. It's real nice. All right, that is Brian Tong. This is the Hall of Justice. This is Black Adam. Next week we are going to venture into Star Wars. We'll have J.C. Reifenberg back. We're talking Tales of the Jedi. That's the six-episode miniseries coming out on Disney Plus this week. Not Andor. We'll. Try not to talk about Andor. We're going to do Andor later in the month. That's going to be our Thanksgiving special. But Tales of the Jedi next week. This is the Hall of Justice. We'll see you then. Believe it or not, I'm walking on air.